Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. What is going on, everybody? Welcome into Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 438. It's KB and Matt coming at you from Underground Studios. The Phils are hot. The boys are hitting. It's hitting season. And uh, the Phillies also enjoy our social media captions. And Garrett Stubbs might be the best catcher in baseball. Uh, We'll get into that. We'll get into some Sixers news. And we have a fun announcement later on in the show for a future guest coming on in the next week or so. Uh, so stick around for that. But before we get started, make sure you guys are following us on the socials at Underground PHI, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook.com slash Underground Sports PHI. And of course, if you're watching here on Twitch, it's twitch.tv slash Underground Sports PHI. Follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castorina. Follow me at KBIZZL311. Check out the website, UndergroundSportsPhiladelphia.com for all of our written content. Subscribe to the podcast feed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Wherever you get your podcast, we are there. And leave those five-star ratings and reviews. Helps more people find the show, get in on the conversation, and uh, just brings more people together for the content we're putting out there. And, of course, subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel. Hit the like button. Click the bell icon so you don't miss any of your favorite Underground Sports Philadelphia shows. And uh, just help us continue to grow our uh, our reach on YouTube. Big thank you to our sponsors who make this show happen. Main Auto LLC, Douche Arms Pro Foot, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Mark Ronchetti CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. Tomahawk Shades, the best small batch eyewear in the game. Summer is in full swing. You got to protect those eyes when you're at the beach, outside, or inside with the Blue Light Plus glasses that they have. And Matt, they recently just officially launched prescription lenses. Okay. Tomahawk RX is in the, it's available now. Get your prescription Tomahawk shades and you can use our code USP at checkout for 25% off your entire order at TomahawkShades.com. That's TomahawkShades.com, promo code USP for 25% off your entire order. Kenwood beer, which is the beer that I believe Garrett Stubbs is probably going to be drowning in tonight responsibly. Uh, go to KenwoodBeer.com. Use that Kenny tracker to see who's got Kenwood beer on tap in the Philadelphia area. you got to be 21 or older to do so. And, of course, please drink responsibly. What's going on, Matt? Living the dream, you know. Phillies are certainly living the dream. They win a series against the Marlins. They win two out of three against the Diamondbacks. They've won 11 out of 13. And... Some are saying the Phillies are back. And they haven't moved an inch <laughs> against the Braves. <laughs> Which is uh, frustrating to say the least, but I'm pleasantly surprised. Um, I believe I said last week that we'd be sitting here this week lamenting a terrible Diamondback series and Marlins series. It was very close with the Marlins. Yes. Um, 
the two wins we got were very uncharacteristic Phillies against the Marlins wins. In, fe- in fact, they felt like very characteristic Phillies losses yes. against the Marlins. Um, I don't know if that's a wider sign of just the change and growth of this team has undergone in the last two weeks, but those like today felt like a game that's that slips away from yes. the Phillies all the time. And um, we had that last night, obviously with Knievel, who's now uh, demoted. <sighs> Probably, I don't know, three or four games too late for that. But um, good to see that there's some actual like accountability and that we're not just going to keep uh, keep trying the same things. And bullpen is still a question mark that is clearly going to have to be addressed at the trade deadline. But on the whole, yeah, 11 out of 13 is fantastic. Um, the offense is like turned around in a way that you are happy with now. And I, I think this seems in a, a much better position. Um, and yeah. Without JT today. Uh, yeah. Mis- or, you know, pretty much without JT, like, the entire month of June. Mr. Uh, Mr. Leave leave Man on Base. Uh, I think it's hilarious that we've been talking about that for... Since he signed. Years. <laughs> Literally from his and first season. And now people are just coming around to the fact that he leaves guys on base. like, the worst player on the team at leaving Man on Base. <laughs> it was, like, like, one of our major talking points with our year in review last year. There was a game early on that I think he left like eleven men on base in a game. Like, yeah. and I was like, "This is just insane." It's like, insane. I think he left six on the other day. It's, it's a problem. That's why when he was up in the ninth inning, I was like, "Please just walk him." Right. At least he made it. To, I mean, listen, he got to play right. Like he, he, he made, he made the win in some yes. way. Um, yeah, resting him, I think, is going to be pivotal. Perhaps, uh, perhaps a little more important. And now that we have, I mean, Nap wasn't awful either. Mm-hmm. Uh, last season, at least, he he wasn't the worst. I do uh, think Garrett Stubbs is a better game caller than Andrew Knapp, though. Right. I, I think there are some areas of weakness that he's not as weak. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, if he's gonna if he's gonna play like that, get that boy up a little bit more often. I I think JT needs to be managed a little. Yeah. Uh, a little. The bit amount now. of just tread he's had on his knees from catching over the last. Two and, and a half years. Committed money to him, and we know generally catchers past age thirty is just not, not great. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's maybe, you know, handle that investment a little more responsibly because you have you have signed some years and some money away to him. Let's protect him a little bit, and you know, it's clear he needs it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Listen, JT, this is just time off for you. You yeah. know, like <laughs> it's like we know you're one of those guys that is like, no, I want to play every day. You need some time off. Right. Just listen. Listen to what we're saying. Plus, I mean, when you got somebody like Logan O'Hoppy down in the minors, absolutely raking right now. It's tough. Um, But to everybody who's watching on Twitch and who will be watching on YouTube, this is for all the Reese Hoskins doubters, haters, slanderers. (laughs) Big old fuck you. (laughs) Because, my God. The amount of times I've seen this year, and I love him to death. David Esser does a great job talking about the Phillies and, and writing about them and everything. The amount of times I've seen my man talk about it's time to have the Reese Hoskins conversation, or just multiple people where it's like, oh, we should trade Reese or this. That, now and JT, the third. now JT's now the, JT uh, is getting it. Now JT's in the crosshairs. But my God, like we all know, Reece, we've talked about this too. Like we know Reese Hoskins is a streaky hitter, but when he's hot, he can carry a team for two weeks, and yeah. that's exactly what he's doing right now. From again, like your, I don't know, fifth, sixth best player, like yeah, <laughs> it's, it's just that's uh that's a good spot to find yourself in, um, with him, and it's weird too because the Phillies have obviously 
for a while now have been so like hamstrung too because obviously Bryce is just DH for the rest of the season. Um, so that is like the big selling point for the Phillies coming into the season was that, well, they can platoon in so many different ways. You get the DH now and it's like, well, actually, nah, it's just Bryce. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you know, that's sort of forced their hand in some ways to, and you know, some unfortunate injuries like Gene Segura, right? Like, um, you know, that's like to stop getting more time. And, uh, you know, you have Moniac playing a, a little bit more, but he got optioned recently and hit a home uh, run last night. Right. You know, but like, <laughs> I, I, I wonder if without some of these injuries, if you're even seeing some of that you mm-hmm. know, on on the fringes, guys getting more opportunities, uh, which has given us some some good moments and some wins this season. Um, and we know how important development is too. You know, like it's good that these guys are playing a, a little bit more. And um, yeah, I think that's one thing you can definitely say Rob Thompson has done well. Is not that I think I think it's easier in hindsight to say Joe Girardi was awful with young talent. He wasn't the best at it. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I don't think he's like Doc Rivers bad at it. <laughs> but um, Rob Thompson, I think, has made a point to be more uh, like le- give an olive branch a little bit to the to the young guys. And I think they have a longer leash under him than they had under, under Girardi. And I forget like, who least. wrote the article, if it was the Inquirer, the Athletic or something. But somebody talked to Mickey Moniak and he basically said, like, Rob Thompson's style of communication and he was like, this is no slight at Joe Girardi. Everybody's different. But, like, it's a more open line of communication with him in the clubhouse. And everybody feels more comfortable. It's not as, like, you know, standoffish, I guess you could say. Which, when you have a clubhouse full of young guys and then you have a clubhouse full of, you know, veterans who are trying to win, communication is key. Yeah, and it seemed like that was one of the failing points, at least in recent time with, with Girardi. And... um yeah, so maybe that's part of the reason, too, that you're obviously having this. It just fucking sucks that the Braves are on a 13-game oh win streak. <laughs> They're the worst. Like, how is how do we have the last two weeks that we've had, and it's literally, we've lost ground. <laughs> we, it's insane. <laughs> only the Phillies could conjure that up. And, like, the Mets are still beating Mets are the still Mets. Cruising. Beating everybody. I saw it today. They put it on the broadcast. Can you guess what the Phillies' record is against the division before today's win? Um, definitely below 500. Uh, I would guess, God, against the division, I think we maybe have only won like six or seven games. Seven and 15 before yeah. the win today, which yeah. is the second worst in the division, only in front of the Nationals by two games. Well, listen, in the win column. we're going to be seeing those Nats, so <sighs> let's... uh. Let's have it out. The Marlins' <laughs> record against the NL East, 16-8 before today. Maybe it's like a weird, like, when the Marlins are really bad, we can't beat them. But when the Marlins are good and, like, beating other teams in the division, like, it's a weird balance that we have with them. Um, I'm, glad, I'm glad we won a, a, won a series yes. against the Marlins because that has not been uh, something that we've done <laughs> very often in recent history. And uh, that should have swept them. Marlins series earlier in the, in the year too was uh, embarrassing, kind of a nightmare. Yeah, so it was good to have some of that back. Should have swept them, but then I, in the same token, probably should have lost today mm-hmm. and the day before. You know, like so I'll take the collapse is what it is. Um, and honestly, it's something about the Phillies and bullpen collapses that just doesn't even hurt me anymore. Because like I've seen this, <laughs> I've seen this so many times already. I need some famous store restaurant whatever it may be 
in Philadelphia to make a Phillies jersey with the first like historically bad Phillies bullpen pitcher and then just continue to add nameplates down the jersey like the Browns do with their quarterbacks. I've because I think that think list you, would rival. You would run out very quickly yeah. of room. Um it might just over be, the last four years. It might have to be like a beach towel or something like that. <laughs> might have to be a mural. Yeah. I I don't know that you really have the space for all the, the guys who have let us down over the years. Even just this season, I mean I think you're you're out of space. Well, James Norwood is gone. Right, but he's on the list. He's definitely on the list. Amelia and Knievel are both on the list. Uh, Brian Hand's on the list. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's tough. Tough out there. And oddly not enough, our boy, though. Brad Hand has been the best of the three. <laughs> not, our, not our boy. It's Renton Dominguez. Talk Make him it. the closer. Talk Connor it. Brogdon. It's tough, though. They're looking good. Man, I still... I sent it to you last night from the absolutely hammered Twitter. They tweeted the Jimmy Butler meme, but it was Hector Neris' face. I miss Hector Neris, dude. I still can't believe they just let him walk and sign fucking Jerry's Familia. It's tough because, I mean, you could have had him at a reasonable price. Yeah. I don't don't get it. It was basically the Astros are paying Hector Neris what you're paying Brad and Jerry's Familia and... Corey Kniebel combined. It's tough. Sometimes we all just need to wind down after a long day of enjoying our favorite sports teams go to work. And with the rise of streaming platforms, new TV shows and movies are popping up every single week. And it might be overwhelming not knowing exactly what to watch. Well, that's where streamer season comes in. The exclusive streaming platform discussion podcast for TV and movies on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. Join me, KB, and a plethora of our hosts right here at USP breaking down all the new TV and movies that you guys should be watching across all the various streaming platforms that are available to the masses. Catch us on streamer season wherever you get your podcasts. Knievel's, that's a tough one. That's been... It, it, he wouldn't say it's been a tough month, though, man. Like, the, the like, being the marquee bullpen signing of the offseason for the Phillies is like being the defense against the dark arts teacher in Harry Potter. It is a kiss of death. Like, you are yeah, not... done. Your career's going to take a, a bump after this, and you are going to be out of a job in a year. Like, I hope you have... I hope you have your library card, because, like, you're going to be at home reading a lot, like... You're, you're gonna have a lot of free time on your hands because it's not this is not gonna be productive for you in any way. <laughs> I did see because obviously the Phillies are gonna have to make a move for the bullpen at the trade deadline. Um, Megan Montemiro, who used to cover the Phillies for the Athletic, now working in Chicago covering the Cubs, uh, tweeted last night because I think it was John Stoltness tweeted that there was nobody really available on the the trade market bullpen wise. And she was like, well, and tweeted a stat line. Can you guess which pitcher uh, this is here that I'm going to pull up here? Because when I saw the stat line, it's it's pretty impressive. Um, and it is an old friend of the Phillies bullpen. Who is this? This is uh... pitching for the Chicago Cubs. Oh, um, 
Name is escaping me. He, uh, well, Kyle pretty, Hendricks. I'm, I'm pretty sure Garrett Stubbs has pitched more innings than him in a Phillies uniform <laughs> than this guy pitched in a Phillies uniform. That's not helping me. Good old David Robertson. Jesus Christ. He's he has, on the, I had no idea he was on neither the Neither did I until last night. Can you guess what his ERA is this year? I mean, I guess it's something really stupid. He has like a 1.2. Pretty damn close. A 1.59 ERA <laughs> in 20 games. <laughs> That's so fucking mean. <laughs> 32 strikeouts, a .97 whip. Good for Dave. 22 and two-thirds innings. You're welcome, Chicago. Why don't you lease him back? <laughs> That's I could so not stupid. believe my eyes. We rehabbed that man <laughs> for two years. Paid him a lot of money for this. That's so frustrating. It's so frustrating. Um, but like you said, we got the Nationals for five now. First time all year seeing the Nationals. The fact that it is going to be June 16th, and that is the first time the Phillies face the Nationals. <laughs> In 2022 is ridiculous. Getting nervous about this series now because, like, the Diamondbacks and the, the Marlins went so smooth, and now it's like ah, we should we should really, really probably be sweeping the Nationals, but realistically winning four to five against them. Um, I think this is the cynic Philly fan in me getting a little worried about that. Zach Wheeler versus Patrick Corbin tomorrow. The <laughs> The sliding doors game, as it were. <laughs> and then... That is the... Um, not even an X, really, but like, you know. It's like we, you know, like, openly knew that we... That's who we could have been married to. Yeah. And instead, we got this. We got this situation, which is a lot better. Yes. I'd much rather be paying Zach Wheeler than Patrick Corbin right now. Nola will pitch on season. Saturday. Eflin will pitch on Sunday. And I don't know what is going to happen during the uh, the Friday doubleheader because I don't know about you, and you know I am a big fan of Ranger Suarez. You can't continue to throw him out there if he's going to pitch the way he has. It's been a little, uh, it's been a soul-searching year for him so far, <laughs> I would say. He's not uh, finding his spots. His velocity is a little down. He's not striking guys out like he was last year when he was being this, you know, prominent figure in the rotation. I I don't know how much longer you can continue to, you know, just throw him out there for three to four innings and then rely on a bullpen that is completely in shambles for the most part and yeah. just waste your bullpen every fifth day. Yeah, that's, that's the struggle too is like I, I think the bullpen is the key there because – this is already isn't a bullpen that is strong and dependable. So anytime you're having to really lean on them consistently, um, it kind of it like it gives no respite to everyone else. Uh, not even just like pitching staff, but everyone else in the team. Where it's like you have this awareness now that you have to be perfect in so many other ways because there's such a weakness in one area that you have to uh, like over overcompensate and. Uh, I think that's that's an issue for the Phillies right now too. Is uh, yeah, Ranger not really finding his form. I think it was a little hard to believe that like second half of the season, Ranger Suarez was like that's who Ranger Suarez mm -hmm. was gonna be. Um, you know, 
if he continued like that, he's a Cy Young candidate. Yes. And I just, you know, I, <laughs> I mean, things can happen. I just, I think that would have been really surprising. Um, and it, it's been spotty at times this year, which I don't think is surprising either, though. No. Like, for your fifth starter, it kind of is what it is. Ivadi, you obviously would love for him to be better and more consistent, but um, he was a question mark coming into this year. It's not like this is surprising, and the Phillies knew that, too. Um, so maybe as the season goes on, maybe the second half of the season pitcher, that'd be great for us, but, be fantastic. um, do need to see a little more out of him. The, the good news for him though, is that there's really no one to replace him. Like yeah. it's, <laughs> it's not like really has to be looking over his shoulder in any way. Cause most of the guys that are performing down on the farm are going to probably work their way into this bullpen at some point, at least you would hope. Uh, most notably former number one overall pick Mark Appel has been ridiculous down in Lehigh Valley, um, starting and relieving. So don't know why he hasn't been called up just yet um, because they could certainly use him. But when we're sitting here next Wednesday, Matt, there's a 4.05 start against the Texas Rangers. So eight games will be in the books. How many of those eight games are the Phillies going to win? Zero. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I think they win at least five. Yeah. And that's to me is like bare minimum. I, you know, again, I think four to five against the Nationals is, uh, is really what the aim should be at, at, at least. Um, I think it's hard to sweep a five game series, you know, even against some of the worst teams. Mm-hmm. Um, Rangers haven't been great this year either, though. Yeah, they've uh, been very disappointing. So, you know, especially after all the money they threw at so many guys, but still a team on, on any given day. I uh, can certainly, but I, I think you have to kind of believe that the Phillies that we've seen the last two weeks is a little bit more like the team that we're going to see going forward. So I don't want to base too much of what I feel about them based off of like past transgressions Mm -hmm. and hurt. Um, But I also can't escape that from my mind. So um, I would be really happy with like six out of eight. I think that again, that's like a, that is a good run to be on. um, Cause that says to me again, you really took care of business against the nationals um, and you've started off well against the Rangers. That's a good, that's a good place to, to find yourself at. Because after that Rangers series, you have four in San Diego, and then you get three at home against the Braves. And this is the Braves' schedule uh, coming up. They are currently playing the Nationals right now. They have an off day Thursday, so you have a chance to make up you know, a game there. Three in Chicago against the Cubs. Four at home against San Francisco. And then three at home against the Dodgers. Some tough teams on the horizon for the Braves could be interesting going into that series in a couple of weeks. Yeah, it'll be interesting when they're like what on a twenty game run streak. <laughs> so that's the way it's gonna go, isn't it? I just don't know how they keep winning. Why is our division so stupid? <laughs> like why why are we this way? It is I feel like it's the only division that's this way too. Like every other division, like it's maybe one or two teams. But then it's just this clusterfuck of three yeah. to four teams in the NL East that are just like worrying about games back and all this type of stuff in June. Yeah, we're like we're unique in that way in that I don't know how many other divisions you're gonna realistically look at a team that's nine games back and be like, Well, they could still win the division. Yeah. You know, like I like you know, and not I don't really believe that the Phillies would do that, but I think someone from the outside could look at the situation and be like, Yeah, maybe. 
Like, it's not inconceivable. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it, seven games back in 17? Yeah, 17 to play. Yeah, so anything can happen. <laughs> we didn't talk about that. Like, <laughs> I was just looking at this. The NL Central, uh, the Brewers are 1-9 in the last 10. The Pirates 1-9 in the last 10. The Cubs 1-9 in the wow. last 10. <laughs> Since Dead Reds making up ground, you know? Only 13 and a half games back, we believe. <laughs> That's good the, crazy. Good for the cards, huh? Good for them. Uh, NOS, of course, is a bloodbath always absolutely stupid uh al east bloodbath the yankees have only lost like 16 games all year yeah 45 and 16 absolutely mashing absolutely mashing it do have an update on the uh the major league baseball fantasy football league Uh oh (laughs) mike trout was mic'd up uh for one of the angels games recently and he said uh we're gonna have to find a new commissioner (laughs) wow a power change. That's, you know what? Democracy speaks. He also predicted the Eagles to win the Super Bowl this year because thanks, that's what he does. <laughs> Thank you, Mike Trout. Did you see what Joe Madden, the, the story about him too? No. He shaved his uh, head into a mohawk uh, when the Angels had lost 12 in a row, and that was the day he was fired, so the team didn't even see the mohawk. Boy, that's tough. Um, and at least run differentials looking... The most green it has since we've uh, tracked this. There's a giant red stain at the bottom. <laughs> um, but yeah, outside of that, looking pretty good. You guys can go to playpickup.com and start playing uh, the NL East run differential game with us and all the hottest headlines in sports at playpickup.com. They just partnered with the Chicago Sky in the WNBA as their official uh, fan engagement partner. Uh, the Mets at plus 70, the Braves at plus 38. Phillies at plus 29, Marlins at plus 22, and then the Nationals at minus 96. It's tough to be at minus 96. That's... It's not even the worst in baseball either. No, the Pirates are at minus 103. And that is the worst mark. Yeah. Royals at minus 94. The fact that the Pirates are at minus 103 and are still in third place in the NL Central is mind-blowing. The NL Central is always kind of like that, though. It's like so two, strange. I think in my entire life, it's always like two pretty good teams, and then everyone else is awful. Except for that, like, one brief moment in time when, like, the Pirates had, like, McCutcheon and everything, and it was, like, the Pirates, the Cardinals, the Cubs were all, like, on yeah. the come up. The Brewers were, like, hanging around, and then it was, like, 2010 to 2014, like, every team in the NL Central There was a good was Reds good. team in there, yeah. too, wasn't there? Um, the one that Royality yeah. hit. Um. But outside of that, the division is just a plague. Garbage. A plague of a, of a baseball, I would say. Um, then, actually, the, what's worse? Is the AL or NL Central worse? Man. I would, Over I, the last decade, I'd say the AL, but it's tough because you've had a World Series win in that time. Two in the NL, right? Cardinals and... uh, Cardinals, Cubs. Yeah. The Royals won in the AL Central this past decade. But no one else. Well, the Guardians Guardians got 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 there there. against the Cubs. Did the Royals go to two in a row? Um, Because they won in 15. I don't believe they made it back. Because 16 was uh, Cubs. Right. And uh, and Guardians. Um, I I don't think so. I think 2014 was um, 
God. Wasn't that Red Sox? Wasn't 2014 Red Sox? Let's see. They did go in 2014. So was Red Sox 2013? Red Sox was 2013 that they won. Who did they play in 2014? Because I remember it was like that core. It was like Mike Moustakis, Eric Hosmer, uh, Lorenzo Cain. The Giants, that's right. It's the one even year. This is the one 110th edition of the World Series, Kyle. Isn't that cool? Interesting. Who cares? <laughs> and then they won in 2015 when they beat the New York Cicadas. Which I was absolutely sweating. Yeah, shut up. We'll see. We'll see what the Mets are up to this year. We'll see. I uh, I saw a tweet too from Jason Stark, which he always tweets out the best uh, like historical stats and everything. The Phillies have had two walk off home runs this year. Both by their number nine hitters. Garrett Stubbs today being Wednesday. And then Bryson Stott on June 5th. The last starting number nine hitter to hit a walk-off home run for the Phillies before this. This is going to go in the all-time uh, old-school baseball player name list first. Chick Frazier. Chick Frazier? Who was the pitcher. Can you guess when he hit that home run? Chick Frazier hit a home run to win the game. As a pitcher. As a pitcher in 1962. Man, we're talking June 16th, 1903. 1903? <laughs> they didn't have stats back then. Come on. Those boys were not reading and writing. At all. That was not high literacy days. I refuse to believe there was actual stat taking being done there. Well, Matt, that's when they started recording strikeouts as K's because it was easier to read. Also, going into today's game. 1903. 1903. I mean, Jesus Christ. That man. The Cubs hadn't even won their World Series. That man just got laying railroad for like 18 hours. And it was like, I'm going to go not see my wife and 13 children, uh, four of which are actively dying. I'm going to go hit some dingers in the park with my friends. I get absolutely wasted. I wonder how he pitched that day. Off of. Uh, someone's backyard whiskey make and stale bread. That's what the life of, of a person in 1903 was like. Abandoning my, my family to play baseball and get hammered in the park off of moonshine <laughs> and eat stale bread. Let's see. It's a different types of athletes back then. Charles Carlton Frazier, a.k.a. Chick, was born in 1873. Reconstruction years, baby. <laughs> hey, he'd be a pretty good fifth starter for the Phillies right now. Three six seven ERA. Jeez. Let's see. 1903. He went 12 and 17 Come with on, a chick. 450 ERA in 31 games. Top bins, top tier commentary. Top drawer, upper 90. You already down. know. <laughs> you already know. 
I think that's how it we always goes. Like, 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 minutes. And we were at, like, Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? Um, I'm Dominic Ponteri. I am Matt Kessler. And we are here to talk about Champions League soccer today. Ben's time. What's up? We're back. Hey, he was raking in 1903. How many were they counting home runs then? <laughs> Wasn't an official stat. Unreal. I just can't imagine 1903 athletics. It's just hard. It, it's hard for me to put that together and like at all because it's, it's not even the same sport. Like not even close. It's nuts. I mean, just forget even just he the hit rules. five home runs. <laughs> he was probably in the home run derby as a pitcher. Probably he was the Madison Bumgarner of his time. There we go. He was just Chick uh, like a 110 years too early. <laughs> Going into uh, today's game, obviously, the Phillies allowing runs in the ninth inning last night. Uh, since the start of the 2020 season, the Phillies have allowed 138 runs in the ninth inning, which is the most in baseball. And the Reds are second with 121 runs allowed. Sounds like a good time. That's what it sounds like to me. <laughs> sounds like you get your money's worth if you go to a Phillies game and watch it. They just love the walk-off. Yeah. They like to make it dramatic. Phillies also love our social media captions. Um, we tweeted at them, Stop Boy Summer. And they were like, now that is a good one. So I need Bryson Stott to hit a home run relatively soon so that the Phillies credit us with using our caption. Stop Boy Summer is good. Uh, might have to revive the merch and just throw it on a shirt soon. Um, but yeah, hopefully the Phillies keep raking, destroy the Nationals. At Citizens Bank Park South this weekend because to be eight and fifteen against the division, but you're twenty four and sixteen against everybody else is a tough look. Over five hundred though in June for the first time in I don't know how long. I actually I, I think that might that has to go back to uh to like twenty eleven. Like there's just no way like can't even remember the last time. This is normally when you're kind of spiraling. And this is when normally the trade deadline would be like, well, you know, we just get to the trade deadline and, you know, you never know if we can make a move there. And, that, and now it's like actually a trade deadline is an actual Important. importance of us. Whereas in years past, it was like, that was the Narcan that was bringing us back from the brink. Yes. Um, this year, it's more like a wellness visit, you know, like <laughs> we're, we're more responsible. Uh, I was checking in on it, too, because you and I were both kind of disappointed last year when we traded Spencer Howard away. I mean, the fact that we have Cy Young candidate Kyle Gibson doing what he's doing this year. Spencer Howard hasn't pitched since late April for the Rangers and has an over 12 ERA in his appearances this year. 
maybe, maybe Dombrowski guy, was right. Maybe the guy who couldn't last more than two and a third inning was uh, not cut out. Not the guy. Also, I mean, talking about Garrett Stubbs, that was a pre-lockout trade because the Astros couldn't fit him on the 40-man roster. You love to see it. Absolutely love it. Um, somebody who might not fit on the Sixers coaching staff roster next year, Sam Cassell. <sighs> Congrats to the Utah Jazz. You are the 2023 Western Conference champions. No, see, what's going to happen is uh, we're going to ship Doc Rivers. Uh, this is like where a thing where it's like you're going to get the wish.com experience where this is what you thought you you got, uh, but we're just going to send you Doc Rivers uh, like hogtied across the country, like true Pony Express fashion, just like hook him up to a carriage and just send him off. Um, I don't know that he'll leave Sam Cassell, but... Uh, I tell you what, Sixers are really good at developing coaches and letting them just give them a good wave yeah. out the door. Like, all right, we're going to go make terrible decisions for our head coaches. <laughs> um, you go hang out. You go You go have a trip to the finals. You deserve it. So, be a bummer to lose him. I feel like he's been, you know, we've said this about a bunch of guys, but I feel like Sam Cassell, when he came here, it was one of those things that was like, wow, like this is like – a really good coach to have on the coaching staff for this team. And it seems like every, every player has enjoyed having him here. And like you said, it would be a bummer if he ended up leaving. Yeah. Yeah. It's an important off season for the, uh, the Sixers got the draft coming up next week. Um, we got the list. We got the list. We got the list of Vecna the mode uh, complete. Yeah. Vecna mode complete. Um, okay. So here we go. It's preemptive. NBA Draft 2022 list of the Sixers guys. And part of this was I read a lot of pieces on mock drafts about what obviously what uh, some Sixers-centric writers have selected and some rumors. Sixers are kind of tight-lipped this year. Um, in years past, this has been an easier game to play, like Matisse Thibel and Isaiah Joe, um, who we publicly courted. And all but said directly into the camera, we would be drafting. <laughs> well, they, they're actually practicing what they're going to do for Doc Rivers. They hogtied Elton Brand into the broom closet. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like in Game of Thrones when they would, like, tell different people different things to find out who the rat was. Um, okay, so here, so Marjan Bochamp and Tara Eason are the names that I think you've heard the most going Definitely to the Sixers. Tara name a lot. Tara Eason is a very popular pick to the Sixers. The problem with Tari Eason is he's a very popular pick starting at like 13 mm -hmm. all the way to like 25. Um, he is one of those guys that has close of the talent to be like a potential like late lottery pick. Uh, there are some concerns like part of the reason that he's fallen into a lot of mock drafts to the Sixers is that some teams haven't totally loved his workouts uh, when they've actually got in to talk with him. Um, he doesn't have the greatest offensive production. Every player that comes to you at 23 for the most part um, unless they're blessed by the Lord and Savior themselves, like Tyrese Maxey, is going to have like some weaknesses. They're, they're not going to be like the perfect prospect. Um, you know, and, and Tari definitely fits that mold. There there are some offensive concerns and some shooting concerns. Um, the handle isn't amazing, but he's a great defender, um, great rebounder. Uh, and this is a guy, too, that I think, th similar to Thibel, like you can see defensively him translating pretty much immediately to the NBA and uh, and finding his, his way uh, in, a, in a good sense. And Beauchamp is very much the same way, um, except he's a little more lanky. Uh, you know, Wastari is like 
big. Like he's a big dude. Um, Bochamp is a little bit more, I guess, modern in the sense that like he can kind of fit like two through four um, very seamlessly. And he has a good agility, uh, great defensive prospect in that respect. Long, long player. But again, offensively, definitely struggled. Uh, he was at the G League this year. He was with the Ignite team, which has a, a few other you know, like first-round prospects, um, but shot very poorly from the three-point line. Um, and that, that's obviously a concern. As a shooter himself, he's not terrible, but there wasn't good production. Um, and he's kind of had a weird pass, too, which, which gets him a knock in a lot of grades. Uh, he went from like Juco straight to the G League. Um, so not like a super traditional route, but he played well enough in the G League that, you know, a lot of things that he's good at again great defensive player um and that looks like it could translate well and just has a has a good feel for the game um so i i am looking forward to seeing uh you know him in the league and how he develops whether or not this with the sixers who knows um ej liddell uh this will be a name i think a lot of people are familiar with because uh, he's a you know a star at ohio state um really really solid player another big boy uh but does kind of everything well um you know, he's an older player he's a junior so you know you know that the ceiling is perhaps a little limited with him but sixers it can kind of go either way on, on what exactly they're looking for with this pick um i think ej liddell if he falls to you and, and you know there's no one else you really love would be a a, a good choice like he again not really uh, huge weaknesses in any one area, uh, and I think could come in and, and be you know a, a valuable role for you. There's another guy, Jalen Williams, um, coming out of Santa Clara, who's kind of a you know again similar to, to Liddell. He's, he's an older player, um, but I think someone that you could you could almost see a little bit more development out of. Kind of has that like prototypical uh, you know like two way skills, two way talents. Um, really really interesting player. So those are four names that I think. You know, if they're there at 23, you consider um, any one of them. Uh, there are some guards, but I, I don't know if that's the direction the Sixers are really going in. Um, they've been linked a lot with uh, Kennedy Chandler from Tennessee. Um, Dalen Terry's another name that has been like kicked around a little bit. Um, you know, it, and we'll just have to see, you know, how that develops. But um, yeah, it, it's tough to see who's going to fall. This feels like a draft because a lot of people want to move as well mm -hmm. is the other thing. And that's the kind of the second part of the draft conversation with the Sixers is they're not the only team that wants to trade. Um, the Mavs are interested in trading. Uh, there's a few other teams in the 20s who are interested in trading. Um, and so the Sixers pretty much have two paths here. Someone they really like falls to them at 23, and that's happened the last two drafts where Maxi falls, Jaden Springer falls to them, and they're like, yes. Or there's a, a prospect like one we just named um, that maybe doesn't have that like, oh my God, you know, lottery talent ceiling necessarily, but is still, you know, a good fit and what they're looking for, et cetera, et cetera. Um, or you package 23 plus a player or players to get an established star. I, I shouldn't have said star because you're not getting a star for that. You get an established player uh, that, that's going to fill a need. Um, some people have like, trade machined will barton uh, potentially to the sixers using that type of method i haven't seen any of those trades it's been like that's the one or that you know i think really really benefits us um some of those can be good and you know you have to admit too that it's sixers have done very well i think should be commended uh in, in that you know even as it stands only having hit on Thibel and uh and maxi as part of this team um that's even just getting two players out of your last like four or five drafts, you know, picking in the twenties is really uncommon. 
uh, that they can give you any minutes, let alone one is a starter and one is, you know, a, a valuable rotation player for you right now. That is just not comment at all. So the Sixers have done relatively well. And by all accounts, Jaden Springer next year, uh, you know, could be, uh, could be involved in a much more, uh, you know, big way than he was this past season. So Sixers for these late picks, actually done kind of well for themselves so i i'm pretty confident that if, if there is a, a person that they like and they pick them um even if it isn't one of those names that that i i threw out there um that they're confident in their guy like they, they have made smart choices i would say in the draft there's also the possibility too that they pick you know that they they pay for a second round pick um if they really like someone there because again you know that's that's been fruitful for them you know you're seeing some guys on the fringes like b-ball paul that um you know we you know can can expect to have a bigger role next season um so yeah it's it's either obviously picking or trading it is the big question and um i don't know that they you know what the the packages out there look like i think it doesn't help that there are other teams that are also trying to move um you know that 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 could present some complications um and it's a lot of teams too that are in the similar tier to the sixers where they're trying they're essentially trying to get the same caliber of player that the sixers are um and that's uh and that's kind of a struggle for them. So I, I don't really know if the trade market is going to materialize in the way that people necessarily project it to. But we've seen on draft night that uh, lots of craziness can happen. That again, you can see a lottery talent drop. If you get to 23, even if it gets like 20 and there's someone you really love, like that you really believe in, maybe pull the trigger on it. Who knows? Uh, that feels like a more old Sixers way. I don't. That doesn't really feel like Maury's way necessarily. But um, I am very intrigued. Uh, to, to see what direction they head. And apparently, according to our, our good pal Keith Pompey, uh, the Sixers are looking into trade interest, engaging that trade interest on Tobias Harris, Matisse Thibel, Furkan Korkmaz, Shake Milton, Danny Green, and the number 23 pick. Yeah, there's... So any combination, anybody not named Maxi. Yeah, any combination of those names could be packaged on draft night. Um, it's just hard to see. You know, again... you. Danny Green has to be included in some of those deals simply for for salary purposes, mm -hmm. but we obviously don't know what his outlook is like uh, next season. You know, he's thinking maybe February, March return. You have to keep in mind that that's nearly the end of the season, depending on where he ends up. It's it's tough. It's it's a tough situation uh, for that. Um, and Matisse too. Like obviously. Matisse has shown in the playoffs to not be really a, a valuable rotation piece, but it does help you a lot in the regular season. You know it's tough because you have to plan for for both phases um and you know you have to find someone who's a clear upgrade on him in the playoffs and is still going to be able to obviously contribute to the regular season because that is important you know especially in the east that it is not going to get any easier next year um you getting a, a good seed is a good pathway to finding yourself uh in the later stations of, of the playoffs so um yeah I, I think it's it's a weird balancing act that the, the sixers have to hit this year where they have to be thinking about winning this upcoming season. And this is, goes for free agency too, uh, not just the draft, but it, it starts with your draft night decisions. You have to be thinking about winning a championship this year. You also, you really do have to be thinking about what is this team like in three or four seasons. I know that that's not like always popular to have like a long view. Um, and there's nothing wrong, I think, when you have Harden and Embiid in there, you know, especially Embiid in this prime. To, to be thinking winning right now, but you do have to be thinking of like long-term, you know, what, what might be the best solution here? Yeah. 
We all know the traditional Big Four sports and we have our favorite teams and enjoy them each and every week during their seasons. But what if I told you the fastest growing sport on two feet doesn't involve football, baseball, basketball, or hockey? Come join me, Dom Ponteri, and Harrison Kremens as we break down the sport of the future each and every week on the Outside the Box podcast, talking all things pro and college lacrosse right here on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. Because again, too, the Sixers aren't going to have drive capital over the next few years. Like, this is really kind of one of your last opportunities to, you know, of course, you can make other trades and things like that. But um, as it stands, this is this is really one of your last chances to get someone on a good team friendly contract for multiple years, uh, which can, you know, you're seeing it with Maxi, right? Like not everyone, Maxi is very much the exception, Mm -hmm. but you know, you're seeing the value in, if you can find again, a Matisse Thibel, right? Type of player that is a valuable rotation piece on a very good, like rookie contract. That's a huge, huge value to your team. And even Jake Milton, who they are picking up his $2 million is, is getting like vet minimum money. And is like, yeah, that's you're not really gonna go out and find the minimum point guards that can, you know, are, are really significantly better than Shake Milton. You know, like that's a that is a good good player to have for that price. And people forget Shake Milton was battling that back injury like all of last season. So and he's still like relatively young too. Yeah, I, you know, Shake Milton kind of is what he is at this point, but he's also not like 31. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, and he's not terrible. Right. Shake Millen is a a very very fine, uh, like rotation player. Um, have you seen the love fest that Chad Ocho Cinco Johnson has had with the city of Philadelphia lately? I have. I don't know where that's come from exactly, but fair enough. He's apparently uh, helping train a Philadelphia boxer who has a fight coming up. Um, but he's going to be living in Philadelphia for the next few months and has just fully gone to Bryce Harper pandering school and was at the Phillies game the other night. He's just all he's trying to find out how to get to Eagles mini camp to go uh, work out with the Eagles. And Chad Johnson uh, just loves Philadelphia now. Yeah. uh, Respect. And then uh, before our our little big announcement, apparently the Flyers have offered their uh, head coaching position to John Tortorella. Why even have a team? Right. I, I says as if the Flyers weren't already dead to me. Why even have a team? It just continues to blow my mind how just like tone deaf this team is. And bad at all of it. Yeah. yeah. Good for them. I don't even like I was trying to look it up last night because like I know like he's a, a giant prick but what is the big issue with Tortorella that like really blew up and why people hate him um he was connected to some controversy I don't remember there's there's something I I don't remember what the I feel like there was a there was some some flashpoint that I think really soured people on Tortorella I don't remember what it was though I think it was like um I don't remember what happened I remember people... Uh, That's great. NBC Sports. The six times John Tortorella was the worst. He's always been kind of a, uh, you know... Pretentious, like... He's been like dickhead. a contentious person, I would say. 
and like a little bit happy to uh to stick the knife in i feel like i remember there being like a player incident that he was like like someone came out and said like he was just an absolute nightmare i don't know uh, there was the national anthem thing in 2016 with the U.S. men's team. It might have been. It might have been close to it. God. Stupid team. At least the Union are back this weekend. Union are back this weekend. And we find out tomorrow if uh, Philadelphia yes. is one of the host cities for the uh, the World Cup. I have to imagine that they, they are. I would um, be shocked. I would I would be very surprised if they don't make the... Uh, it's a great, great location. Um I, yeah. It's the the celebration year. Yeah, like Philly's like bucking very hard to get everything as many <laughs> as many events as possible. Um, yeah, I mean it's gonna be crazy because you go because the the baseball All Star game is supposed to be in, yep. in Philadelphia that year as well. Like be around, you know, you'd have theoretically like a World Cup is starting, you know, June. Um, you'd have like a solid month of like pretty cool stuff going on. In Philly sports wise, that there's like some rumors World Cup that games like and, the NBA and NHL All Star games are, yeah, trying to be in Philadelphia, and then Jeffrey Lurie's trying to do something with either an out, another outdoor Super Bowl or whatever the Pro Bowl ends up being by that time, <laughs> the dodgeball tournament. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm excited. I'm excited to see the World Cup tomorrow and uh, see uh, see see where we're gonna have to drive to. Start making yeah. some plans already. Um, happy to have the Union back. Yeah, uh, MLS, by the way, got a, uh, a deal with Apple yeah, TV huge. Plus for 10 years. Um, no blackouts, apparently, which is really nice. Yes. Um, I mean, it's nice already because the union uh, stream, as long as it's not a nationally televised mm-hmm. game, you don't have to worry about blackouts, uh, as long as you're in the like the watching area. But um, It's like $250 million a year or something Yeah, like it's Yeah, it's not terrible i'll just say that it it sucks from like a fan perspective because it's another streaming service (laughs) that you have to add on um but i I do like the no blackouts i i think if like you are gonna have these like bundles of sports things there should be no blackouts i you know you shouldn't be asking people to pay whatever i think my concern too though is the wording makes it seem like it's not necessarily included with an apple tv subscription that there's an additional Mm. subscription that you have to get um I'm kind of I haven't really been able to find clarity on that though exactly um, whether or not it's d- just having Apple TV gets you this or if it's Apple TV plus 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 thing, but either way, um, interesting interesting way. It just like I said, it just kind of sucks for the fans because now it's it's another another way you have to find the one cool thing is though that um if you're a season ticket holder. Uh, you're able to watch the games, I, I believe, for free. I think it's like included with your your season ticket, so you don't have to like double dip, uh, so to speak, to be able to watch them when they're away. But uh, big, I mean, it's it's a big move, you know. It's a big move to for ten years is like that's a lot. That yeah. is a long time to be locked down to one spot. But it's good that the MLS is gonna have stability in that sense too. I think you know the next ten years are gonna be really crucial, uh, you know, like for for how the MLS like develops as a league so having some stability with the platform i think because you've you've bounced between like fs1 and and espn now Mm -hmm. over the last few years and um you know i I think it it might do them some good to have you know just one and they're gonna it's so it's apparently two gonna be split wednesdays and saturdays all being played um which is interesting i'm not sure totally how i feel about that but 
you know, they want to have like a whip around show. They want to make it like red zone, which every soccer broadcast has tried to do that. And mm-hmm. it just doesn't work as well because nothing works like that as yeah. well. For, like it's just, <laughs> it's hard to do. And I think the people that are like complaining about it too, you got to look at the MLS and look at like the target demographic that they're trying to reach because it says it in the press release too, that like, the app can be found on iPhone, iPad, Mac, Apple TV, 4K, all the Samsung devices, PlayStation, Xbox, Chromecast. They want to try to hit that younger demo as well. Yeah, I mean that's the the like 18 to 34 is the demographic for this sport now. Yes, um, you know, and it's again when people talk about it like catching up to to the NHL, you know, like that's the age group that you're talking about. So. Um, Streaming services in that way are going to help, you know, because that's just how most people that age interact with any media is, you know, like, you know, is, is through those types of platforms. Um, it just, again, it sucks that you, you, you'd have to spend money now because you already now, like you have to, you know, you have the Spanish league and German league are on ESPN plus and currently MLS is on that, but there are blackout restrictions mm-hmm. um, to watch. Italy to watch Syria, you have to have Paramount Plus, and that's also where Champions League and Europa League is. So, you know, Champions League, especially, a lot of people want to watch that. Right. Um, if you want to watch the Premier League, you really kind of need to have a cable subscription or at least be able to get like NBC, which they moved off of now into USA, um, and probably like a Peacock subscription because, you know, there's not as many games being on cable TV. You have to pay for that. Uh, that adds up. <laughs> you know, like that just adds up already and like be in sports if you want to watch the french league um that's usually an add-on normally that's not on just on your basic whatever like that's part of your sports package uh, you have to add that on i mean it's just luckily i found out on my fire stick i have apple tv <laughs> and it was just like on there um that i like stumbled upon and it was just like yeah you can watch whatever you want on here i was like well this is a fantastic development i do think apple tv comes if you get like a new apple device you get yeah, like a year for a year um so that's, you know, kind of cool at least. Uh, you know, most people upgrade their phone like every year or two anyway. Mm-hmm. So maybe maybe for some it just uh, makes it makes it simple for them. But Again, the whole podcast hosted by Steve McAvoy and John Mavalia. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at GetInTheWholePod and be on the lookout for a ton of great content keeping you up to date on the world of golf. Releasing weekly a part of the Underground Sports Philadelphia family of podcasts wherever you listen to your favorite shows. You know, that's that's just the way it goes. Also, the union social media account. Uh, love how just like funny jabs they get in. They said, uh, can't wait to see Ray Gaddis this weekend. And just tweeted the supporter shield pictures. Uh Dom said YouTube TV has BN Sports. YouTube TV though is pretty expensive yeah. for like the non-cable. Because I've thought about I have Sling. Mm-hmm. And YouTube TV I think is like 70 or 80 a month. Which yeah. is like I might as well just get cable, cable. and get 200 channels. Yeah. Know, rather than like the 80 they get off YouTube TV. But um, it's tough. Not paying for cable <laughs> is tough. Yeah, it's a tough scene. The the cool part about what cable's kind of like done to keep people now is they've included a lot of streaming services like in the package. So like here, like I have Netflix, HBO Max, and Peacock are all part of right. 
the cable package which is nice yeah like for just by paying for my internet i get a flex box that has peacock on it like i get the premium peacock subscription which is nice but mm-hmm. it's just it's a nightmare yeah <laughs> like, it's such a nightmare now like you have I, I you know there's like all these like tangential uh like streaming services too it's like do we need discovery plus <laughs> do we need like do we need that do we need amc plus i don't think we need all these i don't think every single channel needs the plus subscription model i don't i don't think we actually have to do that i don't think i need true tv plus not sure that that's necessary yeah and then it's like uh what's the the new one that's like it's like food network it's got like discovery plus yeah. has like everything and they like yeah. change their name again and it's what are we doing what are we doing unreal here? um for the real ones who are listening uh at this point in the show we've got a guest coming up hopefully within the next week or so we're working on just uh hammering out the schedule and anything and everything but uh daryl reynolds former villanova basketball player and now on their uh coaching staff went to lower marion as well uh he's gonna be coming on the show to talk about hustle with us the new adam sandler movie um which jay wright is in and a whole bunch of uh philadelphia 76ers connections i i rattled off the imdb on the last episode matt it's even more than what they showed in the uh the trailer of Sixers connections to uh, this movie. Tyrese Maxey is obviously in the movie. Matisse Thibel, Tobias Harris, Allen Iverson's in the movie. Dr. J is in the movie. Um, and the list of just superstar NBA players. Apparently uh, Anthony Edwards is like the villain character. Uh, Juancho Hernan Gomez, a.k.a. Bo Cruz, who is everybody's new favorite meme, uh, saying that the Sixers win Game 7 with Bo Cruz instead of Ben Simmons. Um, Queen Latifah, Kenny Smith, the whole TNT crew is in this movie. Um, Kyle Lowry is in the movie. Dirk Nowitzki, Doc Rivers, Seth Curry, uh, Jordan Clarkson, Trey Young, Aaron Gordon, Mark Jackson, Luca, Fat Joe, um... Mecca Okafor, Mark Cuban, Pat Croce, Mo Cheeks, and apparently there is a, uh, no spoilers, apparently there's a dig at a certain former Sixers GM and his uh, asshole of a dad. Going to have to put that one on the list now. Going to have to hustle. So we will uh, have a full-blown hustle review and have Daryl Reynolds on the show potentially next week, but that's why you guys got to follow us on the socials. We'll announce it there first to let you guys know when he's coming on and when we're doing a whole bunch of crazy stuff on this podcast at underground PHI on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castorina. Follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. Tom just said he heard that hustle was mid, uh, but then he said, never mind. I take that back because Colangelo slander. Uh, make sure you guys check out the website as well, undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com for all of our written content. Subscribe to the podcast feed, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. Check out the YouTube channel as well. Subscribe over there. Just search Underground Sports Philadelphia on YouTube. Click the like button, the bell icon, all that good stuff. And uh, let's keep growing our presence on YouTube. 
Follow the Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash underground sports PHI. You get to watch every Wednesday night show live as we record it. And a uh, big thank you to our sponsors who make this show happen. Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21, Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Mark Ronchetti, CPA, LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. Tomahawk Shades, the best small batch eyewear in the game. Go to TomahawkShades.com. Use code USP at checkout for 25% off your order at TomahawkShades.com, including the new Tomahawk prescription lenses. Kenwood Beer, official beer of Underground Sports Philadelphia. Go to KenwoodBeer.com and use the Kenny Tracker to see who's got Kenwood Beer on tap in the Philadelphia area. Got to be 21 or older to do so. And, of course, please drink responsibly. And Bino Board, go to BinoBoard.com and use our code BinoUSP to get 10% off your order, Matt. They got carrying cases now in stock for the boards. The dad hats are back in stock. And today, just back in stock, the Bino trucker hats now available at BinoBoard.com. So use our code BinoUSP to get 10% off your order from our pals over at Bino. This has been Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 438. Top Bins is going live over on our Facebook page in just a couple minutes, so go check that out with Matt and Dom. Till next week, we are getting the heck out of here. For my man Matt, I'm KB. We are signing off. Peace. I'm